of Pastor Henry Horner and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to What's New. My name is Ed Peters. We continue today with Matthew's account of the arrest of Jesus and of his ordeal before the Sanhedrin there in the home of Caiaphas the high priest. Our focus today will be on verses 64 through 68 of Matthew chapter 26. Here in these verses, Matthew gives us the true picture of the hatred that these men had for Jesus, a picture of the natural antagonism of the human heart to his goodness, his righteousness, his holiness, and the fact that he is God. Let's face it, human nature hates God. There, on that night, before the Supreme Court of Israel, Jesus was slapped, spit on, beaten with fists, and ridiculed. On our previous study, we saw that Jesus was silent before his accusers. Only after being put on oath did he answer. Here are verses 63 and 64. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God that you tell us whether you claim to be the Messiah, the Son of God. Yes, Jesus said, I am. And in the future you will see me the Messiah, sitting at the right hand of God and returning on the clouds of heaven. Now, here are verses 65 through 68, the response of the high priest and the court to Jesus' answer. Then the high priest tore at his own clothing, shouting, Blasphemy! What need have we for other witnesses? You have all heard him say it. What is your verdict? They shouted, Death! 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 Then they spat in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, Prophesy to us, you Messiah! Who struck you that time? Master, my everything, my everything. You 
Now, here to bring us our study for today is Pastor Henry Harder. Jesus has been placed under arrest. He is bound and is in the presence of the highest Jewish religious court, the Sanhedrin. Caiaphas, the high priest, is presiding. It is night, very early Friday morning, the sixth day of Jesus' final week. The court searched for witnesses, and finally two agreed that they had both heard Jesus say that he would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. To desecrate the holy place was a capital offense. The matter, however, went deeper than that. What place did Judaism, the temple, and the law have in Christianity? I mentioned that yesterday. When Jesus was asked to reply to the charge of the witnesses, he kept silent. Then the high priest said, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. Matthew 26, 63. Caiaphas got right to the heart of the issue, the bottom line. Did Jesus claim to be the promised Messiah or didn't he? This wasn't the first time that question had been raised. Here it probably grew out of the question about the destruction of the temple. Most Jews believed that when the Messiah came, the temple would be renewed. It wouldn't just be restored to its former glory, it would exceed its former glory. So the Messiah wouldn't destroy the temple, he would restore it and glorify it. Now Caiaphas put Jesus under a legally imposed and binding oath, the oath of the living God. Jesus had to answer. He couldn't keep silent. If he denied that he was the promised Christ, then the crisis was over. But if he admitted that he was, then this group had some work to do. So Caiaphas must have thought. If Jesus affirmed his messiahship, then he was obviously one of the many false messiahs. Since the true messiah would not allow himself to be arrested and imprisoned, furthermore, such an admission would call for a death sentence. Strange that no one came to Jesus' defense. No one argued for his innocence. It was the law that arguments for a person's innocence were to be brought first, then arguments for his guilt. This wasn't done in Jesus' trial. No one brought up the good that Jesus had done. No one mentioned his many miracles of healing. Well, Jesus answered the high priest, he said, Yes, it is as you say. Jesus admitted he was the Messiah. But then Jesus goes on to say, But I say to all of you, in the future you will see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of the Majesty on high and coming in the clouds of heaven. Not only did Jesus claim to be the Messiah, he claimed deity too. He claimed to be equal with God. He claimed to be God. To the Jews, that was blasphemy, to claim deity. And that was clearly punishable by death. The first charge that he advocated the destruction of the temple might be questionable. But the second, his claim to deity, wasn't. They had Jesus just where they wanted him. He had condemned himself by his own words. Now there was a choice. Either Jesus spoke the truth or he spoke untruth. 
If he spoke the truth, then they would need to worship him as Messiah and Lord. If he spoke untruth, then he was a blasphemer and deserved to die. They chose the second. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any further witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. The highest court had made its decision. It seems to be unanimous. At least no one comes to defend Jesus and to remind this group of all the good he did and of the unquestionable miracles he performed. When man is determined to reject the Lord, no amount of evidence will change his mind. Only the Spirit of God can. Not only did they pass sentence without going through proper procedures, but Matthew writes, Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him. Prophesy to us, Christ, who hit you. By that word prophesy, they didn't mean for Jesus to predict some distant event, but to declare who hit him without seeing or knowing the identity of the person. Hatred for Christ takes on many forms. It's not the forms that are important, but it's the fact, the attitude. This is really the way we humans are since sin entered our race. We were all God-haters. That's our nature. It is within the nature of every human to spit in God's face, to hit him with our fists or to slap him. Dr. William Barclay writes the following. To this day, the fact remains that when a man is brought face to face with Jesus Christ, he must either hate him or love him. He must either submit to him or desire to destroy him. No man who realizes what Jesus Christ demands can possibly be neutral. He must either be his lover or his foe. We are no different than the Sanhedrin. Had we been there, we would have displayed the same frenzied hatred. The same nature dwells within all of us, and that nature is passed on to us from our first parents. Well, the cross was now an inescapable reality. There certainly was no turning back for Jesus, nor for the Sanhedrin. The die had been cast. I'm constantly amazed at the love of Christ for sinners such as you and I. His grace really is sufficient to forgive any and every sin. Many times I'm tried and tested As I travel day by day Oft I meet with pain and sorrow and there's trouble on the way But I have the sweet assurance That my soul the Lord will lead And in Him there is strength for every need Oh, His grace is sufficient for 
abundant and free. And what joy fills my soul just to know, just to know that His grace is sufficient. Production of Creative Encounters or mailing addresses, Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.